0: All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting down below and upvoting the video itself. We are all about perspectives and commentary on this channel, and we're always trying to raise the number of perspectives that we get. Pratt Rogers is here to talk his perspective on Ole Miss sports. We're going to talk about the fans' view on this 2022 season that just happened. We're going to look ahead to what could happen in 2023 and maybe touch on a little bit of recruiting after I just got back from the Under Armour game this week. How you doing, Pratt? Steven, doing well. Appreciate you having me. How about yourself? Now, I'm doing quite well. I'm getting ready as we record this for the national championship game because it has not happened yet. But I'm looking forward to how that goes and seeing what will happen. And there's just a whole bunch of stuff. And we just got through with the 2022 season that was started with a seven and0 start, ended with a one and five start. Um, a whole bunch of drama was created at the end, a whole bunch of stuff. What do you think the general fans' view of how they take away 2022 is?
1: Steven, great question. I mean, there really is no way to describe such a euphoria of starting out with such a hot start as a Rebs fan. I mean, the national championship discussions heading to the SEC championship. I mean, such a uh, great feeling only to in the season, you know, eight and five with a pretty devastating loss to Texas Tech tossed in there. So, uh, I mean, and, you know, coupled with the Kiffin salary and few recruiting misses, I mean, I'm not super bullish right now on the Rebs, uh, even though I would love to be. Uh, it's a little, little frustrating time, to say the least. Uh, I'm sure other callers and listeners have echoed that sentiment, uh, especially after watching Lane get a big bonus and dive into um, – dive into such a frustrating tailspin towards the end of the season.
0: You know, that leads to an interesting question because all the drama that happened in 2022, and there's some people that just do not want you to talk about it and acknowledge that it happened at all, and they view that what happened at the end of the season is talking about it as negative, not it actually happening as negative. It's it's a weird dynamic amongst some in the fan base. What can Lane Kiffin do to fix this? What can Ole Miss football do? do to fix this maybe i'll phrase it like that to make it better i think it would be a really easy fix for kiffin to come out and
1: make a public statement stephen just stating you do not even have to make an apology statement or anything like that everybody in the world is interviewed for other jobs or entertained other jobs that's not a, uh, a sin to do in the coaching world but how easy would it be is as much of a figure as he is on Twitter, just to put out a simple tweet and say, guys, I'm so happy to be here in Oxford, Uh, you know, and settle down the fan base, especially after, you know, what great success we've had in the NIL world right now. I mean, gosh, that sure would be a great way to kind of rally the troops and uh, raise more capital in that facet alone, even if it's not, uh, true intention, I think that would be a super easy thing to do to
0: to bolster the program at a minimum, Stephen. You know, there's some conspiracy theories that are out there, and, and believe it or not, over this Kiffin thing, conspiracy theories have developed, um, that says he kind of let it play and he slow played this in order to raise the NIL money he did. And you can see how that resulted in happening do you believe in the conspiracy theory or are you just happy that we have that much in the NIL and that Ole Miss people are willing? It's like, Hey, don't cast a, um eye elsewhere. We got a pretty good thing going here. Right? Well, I mean, if that's the case,
1: Kiffin's playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers. as right. He's been known to do, but mm. um, quite frankly, I just, I think it was kind of the fan base just rallying around a calls. Honestly, Steven, I mean, I'd pivot that question back to you and take your opinion on it as well. But uh, my philosophy is look, we were winning at the time. People wanted Kiffin to stay. People still want Kiffin to stay. As do I, I think he's a great coach um, and a good recruiter. And uh, I think he's going to put the rebels in the best chance to win. Um, but I'd, I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that that whole, uh, you know, month-long saga was for NIL
0: purposes. What I think happened, and I have no sourcing on this whatsoever, this is just what I think um, happened, is Auburn came at Lane Kiffin with everything they had, and they offered him a Jimbo Fisher-like contract, like $120 million over 10 years or $12 million a year, something ridiculous, all guaranteed. When the contract actually was delivered and they looked at it, it was not a Jimbo Fisher contract. There was a buyout attached and that changed the calculus. Before, it was a stupid amount of money that he would be foolish not to take seriously. And they had let it go so long thinking it was that, that when it wasn't that, I think Auburn might have pissed off Lane Kiffin because Lane's not silly. He knows that bridges were probably burned on this side. But Auburn doing that to him probably made a little bit of an enemy, honestly, of what's going on. Now Lane can fix all of this because wins, if Olmus goes out and wins 10 games in 2023, all of this is gone. It, it, nobody's going to care about anything that goes on. But if Olmus goes seven and five, Lane needs to for lack of a better word, kissing babies. He needs to go out on the Rebel Road trip. He needs to do whatever he can to let everybody know that he's happy where he is. And not just ha- say it, people believe it. That, that's the important part, because coaches pine box it all the time. Heck, even Lane made a joke about the pine box statement. He needs to do some things to let people know that he's happy, because the reality of the situation now, of what's going on, in my opinion, is Lane Kiffin needs three years before he can leave again anyway. So the next couple of cycles, he needs to shut that down, like as quickly as it can be. And I mean, because it's, it's 2024 and 2025, Lane's here, because Lane makes so much money and there aren't suitors out there that can match what's going on anyway. So I think, I think Lane can be all right. He can fix all this. This year is going to be weird in the offseason, and we need to get to the football season, if that makes any sense. For sure. And
1: Stephen, you mentioned, I mentioned earlier, not being super bullish on the Rebs this upcoming mm-hmm. year. And you mentioned uh, kissing babies and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, igniting the fan base a little bit. It's going to be, and go, potentially going 10 and three, you know, it's going to be very tough to do that, substituting what uh, was a good Kentucky team at the time, but we're inserting Georgia um, mm-hmm. uh, who is obviously playing in the national championship game tonight as we record. So um you know, tacking on Georgia and place of Kentucky is just brutal. uh the SEC West is hard enough nonetheless tack on a powerhouse from the east and it only makes Kiffin's job that much harder uh, for the 2023 season. um so that a little bit goes back to my point, Stephen of hey look, you know some goodwill in the fan base sure would be an easy thing to do to kind of recapture you know what could be a tough 2023 season.
0: Yeah, but he couldn't um he can't do any of the goodwill stuff until after late signing day anyway because he's roster building until then. Um so we'll see what happens come February, um come late April, early May, that time frame um because he has a chance to do some stuff there. We'll ha- we'll have to wait and see what he does. Um, and also, you go back to your point, we're picking up Georgia and we're losing Kentucky. Let's not forget that Kentucky came into Oxford. They were seventh ranked in the country. They, no doubt. They, they were a legit team. Almost kind of broke Kentucky, actually hurt Will Levis. So they actually really broke Kentucky. Um, Georgia is going to be good. Nobody's saying they're not going to be good, but that was a good Kentucky team that walked in here. And you can use hindsight after the season to determine what they were done, but the team that finished the season was not the team that Ole Miss played October first. Hundred percent agree. Um,
1: mm. Look, I would say kind of the opposite of or agree with your point, but say kind of in the Ole Miss retrospect, uh, the Alabama game probably broke our team this year.
0: Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because everything was put in by Lane Kiffin, and I think the team fed off that. Because everybody has heard the the saying that a team takes on the personality of its coach. It, it just happens—the mannerisms, the important things—and Lane Kiffin what put a lot into that Alabama game. And when that pass on fourth down fell incomplete, and Ole Miss lost that game, you just the air of that team went out of the room, and then went up to Alabama or Arkansas and got boat raced a little bit. Mississippi State, they they just didn't have it in them at the time. And then Texas Tech did what they did. Those last three games were not a good look for um, the Lane Kiffin Ole Miss football program. And I think it's okay for people to ask questions about it. Because basically what happened, in my opinion, is there were some tactical issues going into how we were going to set up the offense, how we were going to set up the defense that ended up not working. It wasn't a situation of lack of talent on the field of players. I think it was a situation that they created a front-running team by becoming the 1995 Nebraska Cornhuskers. So if you fell behind, you had trouble catching up. The offensive line wasn't built for pass blocking. Stuff like that. Um, Defensively, giving an actual hold to teams that in the Big 12, they might try to put that square peg into a round hole. But in the SEC, they will take that five yards every time and give, put your offense in a hard spot because your defense is not going to get many stops. Stuff like that were tactical errors that Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss team kind of did this week or this year. And we'll, we'll see what 2023 looks like. And we we'll use this as the segue to it. How do you think the 2023 team is going to segue? How is it going to move forward? How is it going to evolve?
1: Well, I think from an average fan perspective, everybody would say probably get rid of the three-down linemen set. Um, I know a lot of people are pretty frustrated with that and would like to see a regularized base package defense. But uh, I know there's some talks about you know shuffling up the – defensive coaching staff and things along that nature. Um, But I think that would be a pretty easy, quick fix. I would hope, especially if you bring in a new D coordinator, there's been some talks of that as you and I kind of discussed before, before we went live. But um, I mean, I think that's an easy fix. Um, You know, obviously we're not going to have Zach Evans to rely on this year. Um, So I think that kind of, uh, forces Kiffin to throw the ball more, just due to lack of op- or due to lack of Zach Evans. Now, obviously, we're we've got Kendrick Ruscano and uh, a few others back there that I think could be a great substitute, but nobody's replacing Zach Evans. Obviously, in this offense, thank God we've got John Judkins for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, and they got the commitment from Caden Priestcorn from Memphis to come down as a transfer I saw that. as a tight end. I think that's a big piece for this offense um, in 2023 because now it's not so reliant. The middle of the field is not reliant on Michael Trigg. Now you have another weapon that you would send over. You might not do it to Casey Kelly, but you have somebody that can make the plays um, experience-wise.
1: And look, I think um, the tight end from Memphis will absolutely come in and push Trigg, no doubt. I mean, it sounds like, Triggs got all the talent in the world. I think everybody would agree with that, but um, maybe hasn't been there um, at a commitment level and buying into the program like he should. And uh, somebody coming in and pushing for his job definitely uh, would absolutely make me do make me work a little harder.
0: Yeah, and, and, and everybody needs to remember, and I've said this on the show several times. At Michael Trigg and Jackson Dart's career, at this point, Matt Corral was getting benched. And we didn't know if he was going to go to Oregon. The 2020 season hadn't even happened. The 2021 season hasn't happened. So these are young guys. So I just give them a little bit of time moving forward. Um, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about the 2024 recruiting class. Camarian Franklin's come to mind. There's Who are the players from Mississippi that kind of has your attention going into this class?
1: Well, Steven, I was kind of excited just doing some high level digging the other day before you and I talked that, um, it, uh, kind of a consensus site wide agreement that there are seven players inside the state of Mississippi inside the top, I think 300 ESPN, 300 guys. And, you know, usually I equate those, you know, a low four star or higher, which is really encouraging. Obviously, the Rebs probably are not going to land all of those guys, but you like to see him in the running for the top guy um, like Franklin, who's a – gosh, I think he's the number 29 prospect in the nation. I mean, uh, even ranked higher than Toreen Perkins. Um, so, at that point, you sit there and say, hey, if it looks like a pretty good 2024 talent, uh, class talent-wise in Mississippi. If Ole Miss can um, – you know, push on a few of those and um, really lock them in. That would be a a great way to really alleviate the fan base a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's it's honestly, it's a weird situation with the way that Kiffin recruits and what he does. It it seems like it's a pretty good year in the state of Mississippi, which means Kiffin kind of needs to handle a little bit of business. When you have a, for lack of a better word, an interim staff, a new staff in Starkville. It's all there for Lane Kiffin to go. Now we realize that Zach Arnett is familiar to everybody and what's going on, but there's some more hiring up there than I thought there would be. Zach has a chance to be a really good coach, but you have a chance to have the relationship win in the state of Mississippi. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how that goes.
1: Well, you know, uh, i feel like ole miss has not necessarily been in those classic recruiting battles against state over the last kiffin era i mean um, i'll never forget the saga of guys like uh, you know jeffrey simmons or you know even aj brown somebody like that where you always hoped that it was the Ole miss mississippi state um comes down to signing day drama that we all love but uh, Kiffin's kind of recruited nationally. I mean, he's not really dot, dove in necessarily to those true Mississippi Mississippi players with Mississippi roots. Like somebody like Matt Luke would have bought into that 100%. Uh, Kiffin's kind of recruited nationally, and you know, I think there's pros and cons behind that to where he's got the connections um, throughout the nation to go and pull top talent. obviously very picky with the talent that he's pulling if we're only bringing in a 12 person signing class in 2023 and relying heavily that heavily on the portal um so you know i think that um i think that the state of mississippi should uh should hopefully be good you know bama and lsu are always in the picture no matter what i think daniel hill's already kind of leaning bama so anyway all that to say um it's encouraging that I would hope Ole Miss would have a leg up in the 2024 class.
0: Yeah. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our new brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Hey, this has been the debut performance of Pratt Rogers. Thank you, man, for coming by. We're going to look to make this a weekly thing, just like Tom, just like Derek, just like the normal guys that come on. Perspectives and commentary—that's what we really like about this channel. We really appreciate it. I'm um, proud. Well, Steve,
1: yeah, thank you for having me, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, Hottie toddy, hope to finish out uh, the 2023 season a little better than 2022,
0: my man. Absolutely, appreciate it, bud. Hotty Alrighty. toddy. See ya. Bye. Later. <laughs>